Welcome to episode 167 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamio. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! Hi! It has been two weeks and and the world continues to fall apart. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) There's no break. No, I always, and I was thinking... There's uh, no break. I was thinking a couple of days ago... I forgot how hard it is to be uh, conscious of what's happening in Tallahassee during session, right? Like it's it, during session, you know, p- there's people who are walking around and are just like, hey, everything's great. We're going to the they beach even, and we're going to work. Yeah, like, they don't even know that session's happening. Right. And that, but if you're aware of it and you're, and you pay attention, like what's happening, it's so frightening. And I always forget, I was thinking, oh yeah, I felt like this last year and the year before that, like I forget how hard it is. I was thinking about this the other day. Because we are plugged in, right? Mm-hmm. How do we get the everyday person to even under, I don't even think there, I think that there's so many people that don't realize when session happens, what happens at session. You know what I mean? Like I legitimately think that there are people that just don't understand this window of yeah. time mm-hmm. and the devastating impact of what happens in this little window of time. And how do you, how do you, how, how do you sound the alarm for people who well, are like, I'm going to the beach, it's cool. You know, it'd be one thing if we could sound the alarm and make a difference. You know, if we could sound the alarm and get a thousand people in Tallahassee right. and scare the shit out of them, maybe some of them would back down. That doesn't happen anymore because they're not scared. They're right. not scared. There's nothing to be afraid of. They said it last year. We're doing whatever we want because we can, we, yeah. because we have the power. I forgot the rep's name who said that, the Republican rep who said that on the House floor. They don't have any, they have nothing to be afraid of. For example, <laughs> five years ago, there was a tragic, in the middle of session, I believe it was, it was in February. Yeah, it was. A shooting at Marjorie yeah. Stoneman Douglas that became a global story, you know, that- But that actually changed laws in our it, state. Right, because right afterwards, they marched their asses up to Tallahassee, marched for our lives, and flooded the Capitol- with, with teenagers asking for, go- begging, demanding gun reform. And we had uh, Governor Rick Scott at the time. They didn't get everything they wanted, but one of the things they got was that the age to purchase a, an, a gun in Florida went from 18 to 21 because the, the monster who committed that crime was 18 years old. Right. Well, this session, we're deciding to roll that back yeah. to 18 years old. It's only five years later. That's how much they don't give a fuck about Marjorie Stoneman Douglas or Pulse, victims or Pulse. or Pulse or anything else. They don't care. They don't care. They don't. And 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 I know a lot of people have seen like the those John Stewart clips with the mm-hmm. rep and um the state is ex- escaping me Alabama or Arkansas it's somewhere. Um, but he makes uh, such valid points, and he's like, you know, you can't basically cherry pick what you like from the constitution, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, and one clip that I saw was about, um, registering weapons where he's saying, you know, like, cause now we have permitless carry, which you, you know, um, you don't have to have a permit, right? Well, we will have permitless carry. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what's in the session right, right. now is what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So moving towards permitless carry and, and the guy's like, well, that's the second amendment, right? He keeps like saying, and he goes, okay, so, um, is the right to vote there? And, and the guy's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so what, what do you have to do? And he's like, well, you have to be 18. And he's like, uh-huh, what else? 
And he's like, blah, 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 back and forth. And he's like, and you have to what? And he wouldn't say it. And he's like, you have to register, right? Is that infringing on anyone's rights? Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they play with language and they don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Well, I opened up Twitter this morning. Like I said, <laughs> teen walked in. I go, sometimes I get on Twitter thinking I'm going to see something fun. Yeah, no. And I get on there and I want to fucking jump out the window. <laughs> and I believe it was Utah. Might be Idaho. I don't remember. They just changed their law that you can't use a student ID to vote. Yeah. Because <laughs> in their last set, in their last election. Well, they're uh, afraid of, they're afraid of this no- little Gen Xers. In November. Gen Xers, Gen Zers. In November, 66% of eight, 21 to eight, yeah. 18 to 20 year, 18 to 21 year olds came out to vote which is college age who used right. their student id <laughs> they changed that law i i know that we've talked about i feel like every time i'm like we've talked about this before we've talked about it before but but you know we're moving through the steps of we're in weimar germany that's where we are right now like go read history and go see where we are because the people that they're attacking teachers books like that's where it starts what you can educate what you can say yeah you know what i mean and it's 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 that poem you know then they came for me right they came for this i said nothing they came for that i said nothing da, 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 da. and then they came for me they're coming for all you you are safe now but you're not going to be safe forever unless you're like you know a white male who has like links to the the the, the mayflower or some shit you know what i mean yeah the, the things that I'm... Well, I, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's directly affecting me now where I could lose my home. Uh, that affects every single homeowner in Florida. It doesn't matter what color of skin you are. Right. You know, it doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. Homeowner's insurance, I just read another article today. It's, it is absolutely devastating. It's going to go up. And I will tell you that last year, my homeowner's insurance was $3,500. This year it's fifty five hundred dollars, yeah. and in June it's supposed to have it's another increase. Now, it would be one thing. Now I understand Florida. We are surrounded by water. We are affected by hurricanes. It is a scary place during hurricane season. You never know. You never know what could happen. You pray to God. You go, please God, mm-hmm. let this let it just move a little a mile north yeah. or a mile south. So it, let, let it shift in over the Caribbean, over the Bahamas. So or, it doesn't or, hurt uh, us. It's a cat one, cat two. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, maybe don't just, don't turn to a yeah. three or four or whatever. But yeah. you you have your homeowners insurance like you're supposed to if you have a mortgage with a bank or whatever a lender and you do your best to be an upstanding citizen and participate in the american dream and pay the fucking insurance right even though i my mortgage is half of what my insurance is right like my mortgage a month is half of what my actual fucking insurance is not to mention the taxes and you put the taxes in there so you're paying all of this and i was told actually fifty five hundred dollars is very low so there's people around me paying seven thousand ten thousand dollars a year yeah. for their insurance We're, now that's you me. do We're this close to seven right? you pay you pay your insurance and then a hurricane comes and your roof gets ripped off half your house move is disappears mm-hmm. i just read an article this morning that a woman on the west coast you you want to talk about what's happening in fort myers it is an outrage Oh, these insurance companies. This woman had a $900,000 loss. $900,000 loss in her home, which sounds like the whole house fucking left, right? They want to give her $13,000. 
she had to get it. Now they hire, they hire insurance adjusters because yes. you call your insurance company. You're like, yo, I got okay. this loss. Yes. They say, oh, okay, we'll be out there. You don't hear from them for months. So what do you do? You call an insurance adjuster who's a private, like third party person who comes out, looks at the inspects his, you know, has the experience and the knowledge and the right. certification to inspect your home and says, writes up a report and says, this is how much it would cost to fix your house. Now they have the information right. and they go to the insurance company and they bring but, it. But they have their own insurance adjuster. So then the, their insurance adjuster looks at it and sends it back to you. And mm-hmm. you you give it to your adjuster and you're like, here's what the, di-. there are adjusters who look at these insurance reports that come back that don't even recognize what the, the insurance company is doing. And, and the other thing. It's criminal. There's going to be criminal is, charges criminal. against these insurance companies. And the other thing, like here's the other thing. When, when you live in a capitalist society and dear God, like uh, here come all the people calling me, all the people that no one listens, but you know what I mean? Like you're a socialist, but here's the thing. They, the, the, the whole thing is you get bonuses. And we, we, we had our guest, Hillary, uh, uh, Cassell. Thank you. I was going to say, everybody better go go back and listen to that episode with Hillary Cassell. Because I listened to it again recently. It's incredible. They get bonuses, right? Because it's all about negotiation. And, and, and the more, if you work for the insurance company, the more that you can save that insurance company money as an adjuster, whatever role you're is at that company, you get a sweet bonus check. You get a nice little bonus check that you might get more money in your little bonus than the person who lost something got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's not right. It's not Especially because right. you look at what these insurance, you, they, in the, there's a Washington post article where they reviewed about, I think about 10 to 13 claims and it is incredible what they found. And one of the things that they sat, they saw was that during the years we didn't have hurricanes because between Katrina and Ian, Besides what happened, the one that ha- hit up in the panhandle, we've been pretty fucking yes. lucky. We've yes. always been knocking on whatever year right. going, thank God it's been 10 I mean, years we have since like, the storm I mean, hit there us. there was Wilma, but like- They were small. Right. This was like, I'm saying catastrophic, yes. right? There's yes. been like at least 10 years, at least in this area, right? The insurance companies, the head honchos, have been giving themselves bonus million dollar bonuses and compensation. So gross. That's where your money is. Yeah. When, they, when you're looking for your claim to get paid out, never made a claim on my house ever. Except when the water, the the kitchen, yeah. the leak in the kitchen. That's the only time in 14 years I've made a claim on my house. Same thing with other people. Some people right. have never made claims on their houses. They get the hurricane windows. They get the yeah. hurricane doors to get their discounts. Uh-huh. They do all the things. They jump through every fucking hoop. And then you go to file a claim because you've lost your roof in a hurricane, which is why you have insurance in the first motherfucking place. And they tell you, Bafangul, yeah. where's my money, bitch? It's in their yacht. Yeah. It's in their yacht. How is that it's bonus? It's on their vacation. It's in their, it's in their second home. And that's where it is. The worst part <laughs> is this. Tallahassee's doing fuck all. Yeah. They're playing. It's criminal. That's criminal. The insurance companies are right. criminal. They're focusing on drag shows and they're focusing on LGBTQ. No, they have insurance bills, but they, they benefit the insurance companies. Yeah. They are changing the laws so that when people who are wealthy enough to hire insur- attorneys to go after insurance companies who are fucking lowballing them because a lot of people can't afford that and just take whatever they can get. <sighs> I know. They take whatever they can get because they don't have any other options. And the people who can hire insurance companies, the ins- the, the attor- or an attorney, the attorney says, I'll take it, but I got, I'm going to take 30% or whatever it is of like, oh, the, yeah. of the cl- to, to do this case. Right. I and think now, we can get you money, right? right? And they take their 30%. They, they insure, the Tallahassee said that's not right. Yeah. 
That's what. That's why insurance is so expensive because of these attorneys who are trying to help the consumer yeah. get what they paid for. All right, listen, now that I'm fired up, now that you got me up, and listen, I have been on a depression fucking dive for two months. I cry, I've cried every single day for two months, and I am so happy that I have a place to put all that right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy. Ooh, we about to go. A couple of days ago. Oh, no. Somebody who I regard as one of the best people I've ever met, Nancy Fry. Nancy Fry who? Let's talk about Nancy yeah, Fry for a from, second. From the second I met mm, Nancy. Go. <laughs> the second I met Nancy, uh, leader in Moms Demand Action. Yeah. Leader in Women's March with us, sat on a board. Yeah. Um, leader within her community, ruthless. President of the Broward Young Democrats. Like, this is someone with two young children mm. relentlessly out there all of the time. All of the time. Everybody now, knows everybody her in Broward knows County. Her. Everybody. And I have to say, like, I maybe may not be around as much as other people, but the person that, and she recently ran for a seat. This was her time to run. It was the perfect opportunity for her. And we don't like to say whose time this time, but it is a very, it's very clear compared to the other Democrat in the race, who the fuck the nominee should have been. Right. And- I'm sorry, but I never Get heard real. of this guy. I never Girl, heard of him. I never saw him anywhere. Never. And he may I've have been. I've never heard of him before. May have ever. been part of uh, Broward Dems, like young Broward Dems. Before we were involved before, ever. Yes. So this is now going back over five years. And it's like, okay, now you come out from under your rock or wherever it is that you were living your life, right? And again, in Broward County, instead of doing what is right for Broward County, which we are. We, we've complained about how nobody wins in Broward County, that we can't get our shit together in Broward County. We have an opportunity to have a Democrat sitting in a seat in Broward, and instead we split the vote. So here's what happened. <laughs> Thank you. Here's what happened. Uh, I know. I'm glad you said something about Nancy because I was going to say the same thing. For years, for years, this woman has dedicated herself as a volunteer and we've said it before on the podcast, these, all of these organizations yeah. are run by people who are not paid, but have the passion to get shit done, to make sure that we are electing good candidates, to make sure that we are keeping our eye on the ball, at least in Broward County. And Nancy has had her hand in so much oh of my it. God. And Everybody knows who she yes. is. And I, 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 I forgot to even add that she's been campaign manager. Oh yeah. Many for can- several yes candidates and help get them elected like she knows what she's doing yes so when i tell you that alfred delgado was also there's uh, three people in the race for coconut creek commission alfred delgado nancy who are both democrats and the person who had been appointed to the seat who's a republican a maga republican who's supported by chip lamarca Hmm. gave him money you know how i feel about him yeah so having the opportunity to get this guy out the republican you would think Top that priority. should be a priority. Now, I just want to read some names of the people who supported Nancy, some elected officials who put their support behind her. And if you don't, if you're not from Broward County, that's okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, this list is long and this list is strong. Right. It's, okay. And it, and, um, it's a I, very strong list. Local and state. Nor Rupert, 
Debbie Hickson, Alan Zeman, Sarah Leonardi, Marty Kiar, Emma Cullum, Tina Polsky, Lauren Book, Jason Pizzo, Hillary Cassell, Michael Gottlieb, Marie Woodson, uh, Anna, Anna Eskamani, Sean Sarah, Nancy Mateyer, Josh Simmons, Jeremy Katzman, Steve Glassman, Carol Schumann, Hollywood, like her. I, I love her. I, I, I don't see her as often. Nikki Freed, Lori Parrish, Eleanor Sobel, Raymond Adderley, Michael Albetta, Fred Gutenberg, John Moreno, Escobar, and Willie Jones. These are yeah. all people who are these known are, in the right. community. These state are, leaders. These are school board leaders. These are state leaders. These are Broward County leaders. These are leaders of, of local clubs and caucuses. What does this guy have? These are very important people. Very, and, very, and very instead, important And we've talked about this before, and we saw it with the Elsie Hastings seat, right? What, like, get out. You know you're not going to win. He had to know that he was not going to okay, win. Okay, so let me lay this out. Let me, I, don't, I don't don't, let me just I'm get sorry. this out. All right, all right. No, I know. We're all very upset. So Nancy had made it known that the, she was going to run for this seat. All right? We all knew, and including the party, the Broward County party. She told him. She told Rick Hoy she was going to run. Now, Rick Hoy knows Alfred Delgado from way back when in the Broward Young Democrats that I don't remember him. He, and apparently he also was in the histor his, Hispanic caucus. They didn't even know who he was when Nancy said, didn't he? They didn't even know who he was, okay? But here's the thing about Nancy that, I, that I've said on my Facebook post about her the day that the morning of the election and I stand by it. The thing I admire most about Nancy is she don't give a fuck about asking questions and she does it in, not like how Hillary does and like, where the fuck? No, Nancy's like, hey, maybe we could do this thing here. Why aren't we doing this? She asks the party these right. questions to hold them accountable for the lack of action, the things that they don't do because she works in these spaces and mm -hmm. she sees that they could be more effective if they do X, Y, and Z. And she's so brilliant. And she's vocal about <laughs> it and she asks questions in meetings in a very respectful way. They don't like that. They don't like people asking questions. I'm a troublemaker to them. And I think they viewed Nancy the same way. They don't like her. And here comes Alfred Delgado. And because of the lack of endorsement process that y'all can't seem to get your shit together at the Broward Democratic Party, get an endorsement process so you don't ever have this problem again. But no, you want to list two, three, four Democrats on the same fucking endorsement card so like clowns. That's a clown move. Get your shit together. You look at a piece of paper. On paper, these two candidates are night and day. Are you out of your mind? But we knew they weren't going to support her, right? We knew it. They weren't going to help her. And because there's two Democrats, the party takes a stand. We can't pick one over the other. But guess who does? The leaders of the party publicly supported, walked for, posted about, Alfred Delgado, Ryan Greenberg, and Rick Hoy went out of their fucking way to support somebody that no one has ever heard of. I mean, I'm going to pull up the numbers. You want to yeah. talk about something in a second? I'm going to yeah. tell you what these numbers oh, were because yeah. it's shocking. It's shocking how incompetent this party is. This is a micro, this is a perfect, tiny little example of how your incompetence leads us to losing every single election. And this is a midterm where nobody votes. You could have thrown a pebble and it, it would have hit somebody who wasn't voting. I'm telling you, nobody votes in midterms. It's a sin no. that those, these things even exist still. All right. But you had a chance to put a Democrat in that seat and you fucking blew it. 
You blew because it. you your egos and your pride take over. You don't do what's best for the people in Broward County or for the Democratic Party. And every single name that I just read off should be calling for your resignation right now. Woo! Everybody should be calling for your resignation. You have your head so far up your ass that you don't see the fucking, the, 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 what is it? Uh, the forest for the trees. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I know that that's what I'm talking about. You don't see it because you don't like Nancy. Uh, that's funny. But you know Put what? Put your shit aside yes. and do Thank what's you. best for the people of Coconut Creek. Thank you. Because again, motherfuckers, the, the, like we, we have to look at what is best. And when you look at the, the numbers of that race, yeah. if Delgado was not in that race, she would have won. Yeah. She would, she have, would have won. Because the Republican she won. Would, I, maybe I should have led with that. Uh, yeah. The Republican right. won. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. And guess what? You idiots. And guess what? <laughs> the Republicans, they're not putting two people on that card, are they? They're not stupid. No. I mean, yes, he was an appointee and he was, you know what I mean? Like, uh, 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 what's the word? Wasn't a new uh, person running, right? Right. Recognizable. His yes. name was recognizable. Right. But they still don't put, they don't do it. Right. When, when they, again, the well-oiled machine of the, of the Republican party, they know we have to win and we're going to win at all costs. And this is the person who's going to do it. And they will tell their other candidates to get the hell out. Yeah. We can't do that. Right. We can't do that. Right. You can't say to this guy, listen, listen, we need to see. Yes. I know you want to run, but you know what? Why don't you go go back to uh, uh, the young Dems or I don't know how old this guy is. Uh, but why don't you start getting re-involved in the local clubs and caucuses and start getting your name? And then maybe down the line, there's somewhere for you. There's no one on the planet that can convince me that Alfred Delgado is, is more experienced or known than Nancy Fry. She, there is no fucking way. And I am sorry. It doesn't make sense. And when everyone knows how you feel about Nancy, it's so obvious, it's so clear, but you do it anyway. And you know why? Because no one holds you accountable for shit. No one posts about it. No one says, what a shame that the party couldn't tell one of these people to step out, the one who should step out over the other, or at the very least have an endorsement process so that the, the members of right. your fucking caucus can vote on who they think should be the best Democrat in the race, which is, How is that which a hard by the way to do clean, leaves your hands clean, yeah, clean hands, but you don't do it and you don't do it because nobody holds you accountable. And you want to know why you want to know why no one holds you accountable because no one gives a fuck about you. You're powerless. You think you're powerful and you're not. Do you understand that? Because this is an outrage. This motherfucker won with 1,508 votes. Nancy had 1,263. Alfred Delgado got 997. If, they, if she had gotten his votes, she would have beat this guy by 700 votes. 700 votes she would have beaten him by. Do you understand how fucking stupid that is? Because you don't like somebody? Right. It's, it is... And, the, and this so is beyond not shameful. And this it's is shameful. not, and this is not a first time thing. It's not the first time. And I don't understand like half an endorsement. I don't understand like why you, I mean, I get why someone doesn't want an endorsement process because you know, people have their ideas yeah. of who needs to do what. They got to keep but, the power in their but, own hands. But this has to be objective, yep. right? 
We have to do what is best. How many? And and I always go back to Ingrid, our dear friend Ingrid, who's like, you have to leave your ego at the door and you have to look objectively at what is going on yeah. and think about how can we win? Like Broward is turning purple. Let me say something We are else. in a red state. We're losing the last stronghold. That's Come right. Come on. It's under, and under your watch. It's been slowly happening, but it's increasing in speed under your watch. Oh We're losing God. Broward. That's West Broward. It's turning red and it's happening under your watch and you're not doing a one motherfucking thing to stop it. This is an example where you could have shown leadership and you chose not to. And let me tell you something, sitting on the board of dolphins and being involved, involved in an endorsement process, a very rigorous endorsement process for four years. I know what it's like to see a friend not get an endorsement because it's not up to me or, um, um, Right. Alfredo or you. It's not up to the board. It's the percentage. It's the membership. It's the you have to get the 66% vote from the membership. And there's people that we love that walked out of there and didn't get it. That's Cindy true. Polo, Hillary Cassell. We had lots of people who walked out and didn't get the endorsement, but won their primaries and came back and got it. But that leaves you out there with clean hands and it leaves it up to the candidate to earn the endorsement yep. of the party. It's not up to you. You don't single-handedly, you dope, get to pick. <laughs> You, you think you get to choose who can, what candidates get to run and don't run or get to win and don't win. It's embarrassing. And I'm ashamed that more people aren't calling you out on it. Nancy deserves every fucking person's support very loudly. And she's not getting it. And that makes me sick. Makes me sick. If you sent Nancy a text or you made a phone call to her and said, I'm so sorry. And you haven't oh. called Rick out. Shame on you. Shame on you. You don't call the party. You don't have to call Rick out. Call the party out. Right. If you haven't done that, shame on you. Ooh. Nancy deserves your support. And the only way things are going to change around this motherfucking county is that somebody starts opening their mouths. Start telling people that it's wrong. And I mean publicly. Because the we are where we are because we aren't holding our friends accountable. And that's a shame because Nancy's our friend. Right. Linda's our friend and other people who don't get the support they deserve. They are our friends and we lose because of them. And you want to sit here and kowtow and not say anything. They hold no power whatsoever and they're sneaky and they're vindictive. Woo. Girl. Nancy deserves someone to scream on her behalf and I'd be, I'd be happy to do it. Now, I'm sorry I am the one that does it because nobody gives a fuck about me. No one has any respect for me around here. Not true. Including but. my cats. They don't have any respect <laughs> for me, okay? But somebody should voice this very loudly on I her mean, behalf. 100%. And it should be an elected. It, it should, should be people be. that have a voice and have power. But the reason sometimes they have a voice and have power is because they don't say things like this. We revere people by, by letting them walk through rooms because they don't call people out. We better start doing it. But everybody because, talks about it behind the backs, right? Yeah. Because it's beyond Coconut Creek. You know, we have abortion bills. We have, oh, ugh, fuck, I don't know. We have attacks on our, on our public schools. We have attacks on, on our post-secondary schools. We have attacks on our LGBTQ community. Like, we need people in power on the local level, right? We say it all the politics are local. It all matters. Come on. It all matters. Every election matters. Because that guy Brody, he could run for a state seat. Yep. Oh, you they are, you know, he's we, out and west. And we know, and we know, we know that the Republicans build benches 
We know that they train people. Look at Chip LaMarca, right? They trained him. This seat, this, you know what I mean? They move up the line. And now you have someone who's a radical Republican. Who's saying he's not. He says he's middle of the road. Voting for six-week abortion yeah. bans. <sighs> you know, I, 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 I'm disappointed more than anything. Yeah. And uh, we have... Uh, the state committee man, man, Ken Evans, who I called out in a Sun Sentinel letter because he had the fucking audacity <laughs> to write a letter to Florida for, hey, Florida, this, this could have been us <laughs> when we lost all that the shit in, in November and all these other states were going blue. Uh, oh, that could have been us when he's done fucking fuck all too. And I was like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> you haven't sounded the alarm about the party ever. And you have the fucking audacity to blame voters. What have you done to get voters to come out? And so he's now resigned, which is a blessing. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> and I'm anxious to see what's going to happen with that seat. What's going to oh. happen? Are we going to have a, an election? Is it going to be fair? Are we going to have a fair election? Is it going to be something that we can actually look at and point to and say good on the party? I hope so. Because I want you to know if I'm the only fucking person who sees it, I see what you're doing. I see you. And when you go out of your way to hurt someone like Nancy Fry, who is dedicated beyond anything you could ever imagine, your meetings are full of the oldest motherfuckers I've ever seen. (laughs) Nancy's a young mother who brings her children to everything. Everywhere. To have them involved and also probably childcare, (laughs) right? And brings them everywhere. She is a face of the party if I've ever seen it. I, I mean, hardworking I, mother. Yes. And this is who's dedicated years of service to years. your party to make your party look good, to make you look good. And this is how you treat her. Holy shit. I know. Where the fuck are we? I mean, what are we doing? We have a young, strong, female, brilliant, leader. smart. And who's brilliant? Who is brilliant? Like, I, I mean, when I, you know, and I know that people in, in other states, like, go find the Nancy Fry in your community because there's someone there. That is the Nancy Fry of your community. Like, like when you find someone who always, always shows up, always shows up. Like, like we we show up, but we don't show up like Nancy shows yeah. up. I, I, I show we up, but I'm like half show. there. I'm like half there. We don't show up like Nancy shows up. When I say that she is everywhere, like she is at every event. Oh, she God. speaks out everywhere. It makes me so fucking mad. I know. It makes I mean, me so fucking mad. When I think about the work that this woman has put in for years with her kids there. I know. And then how hard she worked in this campaign. Oh my God. It makes me fucking sick that you did this to her. And I never saw that guy come to any meeting never. or anything to even speak and, and, and try to get someone's vote. Did you? No. I, I don't know who this person is. Yes, I don't live in Coconut Creek, but I feel like I'm involved enough to have heard the guy's name before. I haven't. It's shameful. It's a fucking shame. And uh, y'all should be embarrassed, but I know you're not. I'm sure you think she should have stepped out, right? Please. She should have stepped out. You would have had two dudes against each other. And this guy. He wouldn't have won. (laughs) He wouldn't have won. I don't think he would have won. I mean, who knows? We can't say. But at least, at least have one Dem, one Republican. No, 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 we can say. No, 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 we can say. No, we can say. And I I guarantee you, you can, I guarantee you, you can point to certain things that would have been, if the party did 
XYZ, Nancy would have won, including number one, telling Alfred, you should not run. And I'm sorry, if you hear this, Alfred, if you ever get a hold of this and you hear what yeah. I'm saying, I don't know you personally. So I really, I can't say much about you except right. that I don't know who you are. Exactly. And that doesn't mean, that doesn't really mean anything because, you know, I don't know a lot about what's happening out West, but I do know this, that Coral Springs Democratic Club just elected a real asshole as president. You know who, go ahead, hide your face. You're a dick. And you're one of the reasons, the main reasons we have Rick Hoy because you fucking called people racist if they didn't vote for him. We all know what you did. Now what? Ooh, girl. What? That's what I know what's happening out West. Fucking shenanigans. High shenanigans. Go ahead. You're an asshole. I fucking see you. And you know what else? The worst part? We used to be friends with this girl. We used to be friends with, we we were friendly with her. What you did to my friend, one of my best friends, what you did in that race is fucking atrocious. You should be ashamed, but you're not. You run for to be a club president. <laughs> That's Broward County for you. That's Broward County. Short fucking memories. I can't wait. I can't wait for it all to come back around on y'all because it's going to. It already has. Yeah. Good. We got Look another. Our last now we election. got a Republican Coconut Creek. Great. Look at our last election. Yeah. It, 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 We're losing votes left and right. And you guys are electing fools. Fools. Amateur. It's fucking amateur hour in Broward County. And, and I mean, this is happening. Last election. I mean, it, it's just one thing after the next. It's one thing after the next. We have this Coconut Creek. We have the MAGA Moms for Liberty nut job on the school board. <laughs> Brenda Pham, who as a public school, sitting public school board member is telling parents to use vouchers to get their kids out of public school. How, as a, as a, someone who's supposed to be working for the public schools of Broward County and the public school students of Broward County, telling families to take their kids out of public schools and essentially defund our public schools. It's outrageous. But where were we in these races? <laughs> What, even the party, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, like, no, like, no like this is the thing. Like, they don't do, even do, put do. statements out about it. They don't even. She's standing with white supremacists on the beach, she's holding signs with white supremacists. Not one she, statement from the party about how fucking horrible this woman is. Not, she nothing. has posted twice in the past two days about having families leave public schools, and not only that, calling teachers deranged. She used the word deranged about a, a teacher in like Maryland or something because she had a a, a Marxist agenda. This is who is sitting on our school board. And not only that, this is a woman who um, made a, who politicized breast cancer in a meeting, who politicized breast cancer and tried to make a correlation between uh, if, 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 if a child has decided to um, have their, their breasts removed, right. And go through transition and we're in a room on a field trip, some imaginary field trip with other, you know, girl students, right? Who have not transitioned, like, you know, girls. Cisgender. Cisgender girls. That somehow being in a space with someone who has had their breasts removed would make them uncomfortable because people have family members who have had uh, double mastectomies and uh, the double mastectomy might, uh, you know, that, and that women who have had it have, you know, so much regret have so much regret, like go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. Like this is a choice people make to save their goddamn lives and you're going to make a connection and to suggest, so what, can I not be in a room with 
students? Am I going to make people uncomfortable? Yeah. Tina's a you're cancer. Out, Tina's a breast cancer you're survivor. Out of your mind to make to politicize cancer. And and then the great the big thing, right? So 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 now that child can't be in the room with the girls, but they also can't use the male restroom. <laughs> so where the fuck are they going? Well, we know what <laughs> well, we know what happens when they don't feel welcome anywhere. We know what happens. We got to move on. I know. Well, but I, I just, and I got, I got six I know, other things. I know. Well, let's we'll let's save to. it for the end, but we got a long opening. But I, I, I didn't want to, I put this post up when I said I was going to talk about the party and it's Meatwad from um, Aqua Teen <laughs> Hunger Force, who's my favorite ever. I saw him. It says, it's on the treadmill. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that my friend Alexis put that in. He's just got a cigarette out of his mouth, hanging out of his mouth. And he says, God, and I, I thought this is me so fucking hard. <laughs> but it says, God has allowed me to live another day and I'm about to make it everyone's problem. <laughs> that's me that's me i wake up and i go who the fuck can i yell out right now <laughs> because i woke up in this fucking hellscape again uh, yeah i'm i'm just so disappointed and i know that you know when when my mom would say that to me as a kid i'm really disappointed in you it cuts you right yeah. like and i'm sure if i said to my kids like this disappoints me right that you haven't finished your handwriting you've been have all quarter to fucking do <laughs> what are we waiting for right and my son's looking at me and i'm like does it even impact him because and I don't think it impacts the party for me to say I'm disappointed in your right. leadership. And I I use very vulgar language right. because that is how I express myself. <laughs> and I'm sure that once people hear the F word, they kind of go, they ah, well, she's, she's out of her mind. Right. The anger is real. The passion is real. The hurt that I feel for my dear friend is real. I, and, 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 and I think that if more people in, that's come to your meetings regularly understood what happened in that race um that you also they outraged. also would be yeah. giving you the business and because you did the wrong thing and the right thing to do would be th putting a post up thanking nancy and alfred for giving it their all for doing it now because you because you missed the boat on what you should have done the right way right. so There's how about you ask these two dedicated democrats thank you for putting the time energy effort and sacrificing time with their family, which is priceless, and, and, their, and their jobs and everything else, to do this, to run, to be elected official in your county, which would have made your party stronger to have another oh de God. elected Democrat. They imagine? were doing this. Only what was going to do is to benefit your party. How about putting a post up thanking them for their efforts? It's the least you could do at this point, publicly is to thank them. You know that they're probably ashamed to do so. What are they gonna well, do? Because they're going to Swallow get, your but, pride because you did the wrong they thing. They did. And here, here's the other thing. You guys, you have to take this, right? You have That's chosen- leadership. You That's have leadership. chosen to be in this position and you can't be in a position and expect everybody to kiss the ring. Yeah. Right? I'm sorry. Like, we're not going to do it. Like, I, the Republicans kiss everybody's ring and we're not doing it. We need change. We need strong leadership. Like, come Please, on. I, I don't, I've not, I've never sat on another board that does endorsements, but sitting on the Dolphin Dems board is something we took very seriously. And there's it's an no exhaustive shenanigans. process. It's exhaustive <laughs> and there's no shenanigans, but you need to put, you need to call the president of the Dolphin Dems, the new president, Todd Delmay, and have a real conversation about looking at the, looking at the questionnaire, which by the way, you could probably get 
somewhere on our website. We put the, the, the ones that people have completed. Look at the questionnaire. Copy it. I don't give a fuck. Say, a, say to Todd, can I copy this? Yes. And put a committee together. And, and you don't, we are not doing an endorsement card without somebody doing this and the process to vote on it. It's very, it, the process itself is simple. It's hard to get it going, but setting it up right. is easy. You just have to have the nerve to do it. Right. Because it should be important to you. If your party and the Broward Dem stamp of approval means fucking anything to you, if it's important and it stands for something, you should want a process that is clear and fair and without shenanigans. You should want that. And And you could, like I said, you walk away with clean hands. Because right now there are posts after posts by people who are leaders in your party. You held fundraising events for this man it's it is embarrassing and it's done in very poor taste so let's just start let's start because i can't no i'm first oh yeah 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 go go (laughs) mine is short so okay i am covering henrietta lacks (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) this is beautiful okay i was editing the last one and i thought you know what we better start, I better tell people because I was like a Henrietta. I did. I did. And I totally like bungled it. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is a really good story and it needs to be said. Yes. Okay. Oh my god. And there's not so much political, but it's really just what has happened. What happened to this woman and the life saving things that came everything's from political. All right. Here we go. Henrietta Lacks was born on August 1st, 1920 in Roanoke, Virginia. When Lacks was four years old in 1924, her mother died giving birth to her 10th child. Unable to care for the children alone after his wife's death, Lax's father moved the family to Clover, Virginia, where the children were distributed among relatives. Lax ended up with her maternal grandfather, Thomas Henry Lax, in a two-story log cabin that was once slave quarters on the plantation that was... um, that had been owned by Henrietta's white great-grandfather and great-uncle. Holy shit. Jesus. She shared a room with her nine-year-old first cousin and her future husband, David Lax. Okay. Wait. Say this so one more time. She shared a room with her nine-year-old first cousin. First cousin. Who then ends up being her husband. Listen, back in the day, they used to do that. Back in the day. Listen, royalty has done it forever, okay? Please. I don't know what, uh, yeah. Like most members of her family living in Clover, Lax worked as a tobacco farmer starting from an early age. She fed the animals, tended the garden, and toiled in the tobacco fields. She attended the designated black schools uh, two miles away from the cabin until she had to drop out to help support the family when she was in sixth grade. In 1935, when Lax was 14 14 years old, she gave birth to a son, Lawrence Lax. In 1939, her daughter Elsie Lax was born. Both children were fathered by her first cousin, Day Lax. Um, Elsie had epilepsy and cerebral palsy, palsy and was described by the family as different or deaf and dumb. Now, a couple of the children have physical issues, and I think it's because maybe it's the first cousin. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's something. I mean, if there's something genetic that, yeah. that would yeah. up, you know. But again, and we see this throughout history of yes. royalty. That's Look definitely. at Prince Charles. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen his ears? 
On April 10th, 1941, David Day Lax and Henrietta Lax were married in Halifax County, Virginia. Later that year, their cousin, Fred Garrett, convinced the couple to leave the tobacco farm in Virginia and move to Turner Station near Dundalk, Maryland in Baltimore County so Day could work in Bethlehem Steel at Sparrows Point, Maryland. Not long after they moved to Maryland, Garrett was called to fight in World War II. And with the savings he gifted to Garrett, or that, that was gifted to him by Garrett, Day Lax was able to purchase the house at 713 New Pit- Pittsburgh Avenue in Turner Station. Living in Maryland, Henrietta and Daylax had three more children. Um, Henrietta gave birth to her last child at the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore in 1950, four and a half months before she was diagnosed with cervical cancer. <sighs> so... Around that time, Elsie was placed in a hospital for the Negro Insane was the name of the hospital, later renamed Crownsville Hospital, and she died in 1955 at 15 years old because she had the epilepsy and she had all kinds of problems. Oh, God. I know. Okay. So, Lax gets, Henrietta gets sick. On January 29th, 1951, she went to the Johns, she went to Johns Hopkins. It was the only hospital in the area that treated black patients, and because she felt a, what she described as a knot in her womb. She had previously told her cousins about the knot, and they assumed correctly that she was pregnant. But after giving birth to Joseph, Lax had a severe hemorrhage. Oh, no. Her pri- primary care doctor tested her for syphilis, which came back negative, and he referred her back to Johns Hopkins. And there, her doctor, um, Howard W. Jones, took a biopsy of a mass found on Lax's cervix for a laboratory testing. Soon after, Lax was told that she had a malignant epidermoid carcinoma of the cervix. In 1970, after re- this is later on, after reviewing her case, physicians then discovered that she had been misdiagnosed and actually had a endocarcinoma. It was a common mistake at the time, but the treatment okay. wasn't very different. But you know, I, yeah. I, 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 we talked about this before, and like your story last week, and when black folks are saying to doctors one thing sometimes they don't get the treatment there because they're not believed and they're not listened to and they're not listened to and so i think that had a lot to do with what happened to her um lax was treated with this is insane she was treated with radium tube inserts as an inpatient and discharged discharged a few days later with the instructions to return for x-ray treatments as a follow-up so i looked up radium tubes and they were these little i don't know they were like this big maybe an inch big but they're metal and they have radium in it and they they sew it into your skin. So they sewed it like into where close to her cervix as like a treatment for oh, the, Jesus. like there was no, right? Isn't it wild how they like yes. just didn't understand? And this is 1951. Yeah, but they were, they were still using yeah. radium. So oh, during her treatments, oh. two samples were taken from Lax, Lax's cervix without her permission or knowledge. One sample was, um, of healthy tissue and the other was cancerous tissue. And these samples were given to Dr. George Otto Gay, a physician and cancer researcher at Johns Hopkins. But why not just ask for her consent? I don't get it. Be- probably because she was a black woman. They probably they thought they could they just could do whatever take they want. It. Yeah. So the cells from the cancerous sample eventually became known as the Gila Immortal cell line, a commonly used cell line in contemporary biomedical research. Because she had the most incredible cells on the planet. Like no one had ever seen these cells. They were remarkable. And I'll get into them oh, into why. Yeah. 
So on August um, 8th, 1951, Lax, who was only 31 years old, went to Johns Hopkins for a routine treatment session and asked to be admitted due to continued severe abdominal pain. She received blood transfusions and remained at the hospital until her death on October 4th, oh, 1951. She's so young. Mm. A partial autopsy showed that the cancer had metastasized throughout her entire body. Oh. Lax was buried in an unmarked grave in the family oh cemetery in a place called Laxtown in Halifax County, Virginia. Lax's exact burial location is unknown, but the family believes it is within a few feet of her mother's gravesite, which for decades was the only one in the family to have been marked with a tombstone. In 2010, Roland... Patilio, a faculty member of the Morehouse School of Medicine who had worked with George Gay and knew the Lax family, donated a headstone for Lax. The book-shaped headstone of Henrietta Lax contains an epitaph written by her grandchildren that reads, uh, Henrietta Lax, August 1st, 1920 through October 4th, 1951, in loving memory of a phenomenal woman, wife and mother, who touched the lives of many. Here lies Henrietta Lax, Gila. Her immortal cells will continue to help mankind forever. Oh. Eternal love and admiration from your family. Oh. So, George Otto Gay, the scientist, he was the first researcher to study Lax's cancerous cells, and he observed that these cells were unusual and that they reproduced at a very high rate and could be kept alive long enough to allow in more in more more in-depth examination. Until then, cells cultured for, cultured for laboratory studies survived for only a few days at most, which was not long enough to perform a variety of tests on the same sample. Right? Because we're trying to figure yeah. out what, to how this cancer, would affect. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so, that's why it spreads so, so quickly. quickly. Probably. Lax's cells were the first to be observed that could be divided multiple times without dying, which is why they became known as immortal. And you could use them over and over and over this is again. insane. Yeah. After Lax's death, she's like a fucking superhero. I mean, this she's is... a superhero, this woman. It's insane. After Lax's death, Gay uh, had Mary Kub Kubitschek, uh, his lab assistant, take further HeLa samples when Henrietta's body was at John Hopkins' autopsy facility. <gasps> Go get more of them cells from that dead woman's body. And oh, just cancerous cells? Or did her regular cells do the same thing? No, just the cancerous ones. Okay. Yeah. The roller tube uh, technique was the method used to culture the cells obtained from the samples that Kubitschek collected. Gay was able to start a cell line from Lax's sample by isolating one specific cell and repeatedly dividing it, meaning that the same cell could then be used for conducting many experiments. I know this is a lot of science talk. No, this and I'm is not wild. Bill Nye. But it's incredible that you can do that yes, because that's how you cure cancer and shit, right? Like this wild. is how we get to it's cure. wild. Yeah. Um, they became known as the HeLa cells because Gay's standard method for labeling the cells was to use the first two letters of the patient's name and, the, and, the, and their last name. Um, the ability to rapidly produce HeLa cells in a laboratory setting has led to many important breakthroughs in biomedical research. For example, <sighs> by 1954, Jonas Salk using HeLa cells in his research to develop the polio vaccine, I which have, like, saved goosebumps. countless <gasps> number of lives. This is insane. He used HeLa cells. To test, the new, to test his new vaccine, the cells were mass-produced in the first ever, ever cell production factory. Additionally, Chester M. Southern, a leading virologist, injected HeLa cells into cancer patients, prison inmates, and healthy individuals in order to observe whether cancer cells could be transmitted as, as to examine if one could become immune to cancer by developing an acquired immune response. That's a risk, no? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> 
Could you imagine? I mean, I know we were in this in the prison. We were testing like yeah, they were putting asbestos into people. Right. This guy's putting cancer cells into people. Jesus, HeLa cells were in high demand and put into mass production. Now, who's benefiting financially from this? That's the question. <laughs> That's a great question. They were mailed to scientists around the globe for research into cancer, AIDS, in the, the effects of radiation and toxic substances, gene mapping, and countless other scientific Holy pursuits. Shit. HeLa cells were the first human cells successfully cloned in 1955 and have been used to test human sensitivity to tape, glue, cosmetics, and many other products. There are almost 11,000 patents involving HeLa cells. Jesus. In the early 1970s, a large portion of other cell cultures became contaminated by HeLa cells. As a result, members of Henrietta Lacks' family received solicitations for blood samples from <gasps> researchers, hoping to learn about the family's genetics in order to differentiate between HeLa cell lines and other cell lines. Alarmed and confused. And they're like, what the hell is going on? Oh my God. God. Alarmed and confused, this is 20 years later, several family members began questioning why they were receiving so many telephone calls requesting blood samples. In 1975, the family also learned through a chance dinner party conversation that material or originating in Henrietta Lacks was continuing to be used for medical research. The family had never discussed Henrietta's illness and death among themselves in the intervening years, but with increased curiosity about their mother and her genetics, they, they now began to ask questions. This is, they had no idea. Wow. So consent, right? Neither Henrietta Lacks nor her family gave her physicians permission to harvest her cells. At the time, at that time, permission was neither required nor customarily sought, but the cell lines the cells were used in medical research and for commercial purposes. There you go. In the 1980s, family medical records were published without family consent. <gasps> a similar issue was brought up in the Supreme Court of California case of Moore versus Regents of the University of California in 1990. The court ruled that a person's discarded tissue and cells are not their property and can be commercialized. Our cells. Oh my God. They can take them hey. and do whatever they want with them. <laughs> How... I, how, you guys better how? be with me until you put me in the ground. Jesus, God. Although how? my cells are probably trash anyway. <laughs> Contaminated. Um, in March 2013, researchers published the DNA sequence of the genome of a strain of HeLa cells. The Lax family, this is, this is so fucking nuts. So they didn't know any of this until 2010. Oh my God. When a journalist who's a science, a science journalist, Rebecca Sklut, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, informed them. She started to do research about the HeLa cells and she was going to write a book about them. She goes and knocks on their door <laughs> one day and was like, yo, did you know your mother's cell line have been used to create like cures for diseases and et cetera? Like wow. they were shocked. So she wrote this book called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Right, right, right. And it became a huge success. But it's about them finding out and their fight now for like what is going what has happened so there there were objections from the lax family about the genetic information that was available to public access I mean, this is insane jerry lax uh why a grandchild of henrietta lax said to the new york times quote 
The biggest concern was privacy. What information was actually going to be out there about our grandmother and what information can they obtain from her sequencing that will then will tell them about her children and her grandchildren and going down the line, end quote. The same year, another group working on different HeLa cells lines genome under the National Institutes of Health funding submitted it for publication. So like they're still using wow. it. In August 2013, an agreement was announced between the family and the NIH that gave the family some control over the access to the cell's DNA sequence found in the two studies, along with a promise of acknowledgement and scientific papers. Can they get some compensation for all of this? <sighs> I mean, this is... People have made, I'm sure, billions, billions of dollars. Billions. In addition, two family members will join the six-member committee that will regulate access to the sequence okay. data. Great. This is an organ. Like, listen, if they could have gotten away with it forever, believe me, they oh. never would have included them. But this is a, a group taking a, some sort of accountability and not putting up a fucking fight, which we never see. Yeah, I'm not giving. I'm not giving. You know, excusing them, but still, on October twenty in October twenty twenty one, Lax's estate filed a lawsuit against Thermo Fisher Scientific for profiting from the Gila cell line without Lax's consent, asking for quote the full amount of Thermo Fisher's net profits end quote. We want it fucking good. Like you couldn't have done any of this without, without our mother's cells. I mean, they deserve compensation. Oh, I totally agree. The lawsuit argues the company is quote, making a conscious choice to sell and mass produce the living tissue oh of Henry Lax, a black woman, grandmother and community leader, despite the corporation's knowledge that Mrs. Lax's tissue was taken from her without her consent by a doc, by doctors at Johns Hopkins hospital and a racially unjust medical system. End mm -hmm. quote. Thermo Fisher scientific generates annual revenue of approximately $35 billion, <gasps> according to their website. They're the ones who now own that the cell line. And how do they get to own it, though? Her family should own it and 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 Absolutely. sell like the rights to use it. Absolutely. Okay, so that's still going on. We don't have a resolution to that yet, but I'm sure we'll hear something soon. But I do want to read a couple of things of like recognition of her since all of this has come out. In 1996, Morehouse School of Medicine held its first annual Gila Women's Health Conference led by physician Roland Patillo. The conference is held to give recognition to Henrietta Lacks, her cell line, and quote, the valuable contribution made by African-Americans to medical research and mm. clinical practice, end quote. Like, for example, I keep talking about your story from last week, yeah. but same thing. Those black prisoners contributed to scientific research and should be acknowledged of and compensated, compensated for it. Well, I mean, God, those poor men. What's the difference between, <sighs> you know, free labor? Give me a break. They don't give a shit. Led by physician. Oh, I already said that. The mayor of Atlanta declared the date of the first conference, October 11th, 1996, Henrietta Lacks Day. In 2010, the Johns Hopkins Institute for Clinical and Trans Translation Research I'm sorry, translational research, established the annual Henrietta Lacks Memorial Lecture Series to honor Henrietta Lacks and the global impact of HeLa cells on, medical, on medicine and research. In 2010, it was announced that a television film project based on the book was in development. Oprah Winfrey and Alan Ball were teaming together to bring the biopic to HBO. Winfrey was the executive producer and she also starred as Deborah, the daughter of Henrietta Lacks. So she's the one who gets that news and is like, what? <laughs> um, uh, Lax's sons and granddaughter were, uh, were planned to serve as consultants. Good. Get them. This is how you give people do re me. 
put yeah. them as consultants on the movie and yes. HBO will give them fucking money, Ugh. which they should have. In 2014, Lax was inducted into the Maryland Women's Hall of Fame. In 2017, a minor planet in the main asteroid belt was named 359426 Lax in, in her honor. Oh. I like that. I'd love to have a planet named after me. I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, In 2018, the New York Times published a belated obituary for her as part of the Overlooked History Project. Also in 2018, the National Portrait Gallery and the National Museum of African American History and Culture jointly announced the accession of a portrait of Lax by Kadar Nelson. He's the one who also did President Obama's portrait, the Mm. beautiful with the the leaves. Oh, God. I told you I saw that in Chicago, right? No. They had the Obama portraits there at oh, the maybe Chicago you did, Art Institute. That's beautiful. Oh, they were they were incredible. <sighs> On October 6, 2018, Johns Hopkins University announced plans to name a research building in honor of Lax. The announcement was made at the ninth annual Henry de Lax Memorial Lecture. And the president, Ronald J. Daniels, and Paul B. Rothman, the CEO of Johns Hopkins Medicine and dean of the medical faculty of Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, surrounded by several Lax's descendants, and he said, quote. Through her life and her immortal cells, Henrietta Lacks made an immeasurable impact on science and medicine that has touched countless lives around the world. This building will stand as a testament to her transformative impact on scientific discovery and the ethics that must undergird its pursuit. We at Johns Hopkins are profoundly grateful to the Lax family for their partnership as we continue to learn from Mrs. Lax's life and to honor her enduring legacy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Pretty incredible, right? Incredible story. Yeah. I'm sure every single person we know has somehow benefited from those cells. Of course. You know, polio vaccine. My God. Polio. That is wild. Yeah. I love that story. Oh my God. And that family deserves everything. Oh yeah. Once upon a time. Boring. It was the best of times. It was the worst. You got that right. What's your problem? We want new stories. Hi, it's Frankie. And Garrett. And we host the Ever Trending Story, a weekly podcast where we bring to life a fictional story created by our own minds and some of the hottest, craziest trends from the internet. Find us wherever you download podcasts and be sure to join the fun on social media at Ever Trending Pod. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of Leslie Wenger and Sylvia Gonzalez. Leslie Wenger and Sylvia Gonzalez served on the Castle Hills, Texas City Council in 2018. But when things didn't go their way, they plotted a coup. Ooh. I know. I was like, okay. I love a good coup. I found I'm the silly story. I, found, I, I took the homework assignment. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to try to find something not completely horrible. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Thank our, you. Yeah. So this is a little short and sweet, but it was kind of funny. So our story takes place in Castle Hills, Texas, which is a tiny town in the suburbs of San Antonio with a population of almost 4,000 people. And there's not much background. Um, I wanted to talk about what was happening, though, like before these ladies landed on the city council. Okay. So back in 2016, according to Chris... Shadrock of KSAT News, the city manager of Castle Hills, Diana Feel, was terminated in a 4-1 vote at the city council meeting in July of 2016. Shadrock's article from the time notes that she allegedly had no idea why she was terminated. And Leslie Wenger, who was a former commissioner at the time, was unhappy with the council and stated, quote, I think it's the most outrageous thing I've ever seen. Any employee like the city manager has a right to a hearing. 
She does not know, and we do not know what the charges are, what the complaints are, because they didn't tell us. They never gave her a chance to defend herself. Hmm. So the article was big because it notes that the council went into special session and behind closed doors, they it was this closed door session and they had a packet of complaints from people, I guess. Um, but then they said that those complaints were not the reason why she was fired. And instead, it seemed to be about her performance for the two years of her employment as city manager. Hmm. And Shadrocks also noted that Fields attorney, Alex Katzman, believed that the firing was in retaliation to Fields' criticism, criticism hmm. of the council. He said, quote, it had to do with preferential treatment for someone who had a ticket in court. Mm. And there was a complaint that misrepresentations were made to the chief of police during an investigation into a captain's conduct. So another article by uh, Dylan Collier adds more to the story. He notes that the packet of complaints was released. And in that packet, it showed that Feel was butting heads with the police chief, the police captain, and a city judge. And it seemed like she didn't like the way they handled certain situations. Mm. And she would send like angry text messages and whatnot to these people. So for example, and, but it seems a little petty to me. Like she was, um, I mean, I get it with this particular example. She was upset that she learned about a raid that happened from watching the captain on TV rather than being informed beforehand. So the captain, according to the article and the text messages noted that someone did try to tell her about it the day before. So she was like, I shouldn't have to learn about a raid. And if people are asking me about it, I don't even know. And I have to hear about it on the news. And I'm a city, I'm is the, that a and normal, I'm the city manager. Oh, the I, city manager. Yeah. I was going to say, is it normal for a city manager to be informed of a police raid? I don't know. And so, um, but, but according to that article, the captain was like, hey, no, we tried to let mm. her know. So... Again, it's not major issues. It seems like these little petty issues that she's getting pissed off about, right? So um, I don't know. That was it. I mean, I feel like she could say if someone called about it, like, you know, I'm not ready to release a statement just yet. I'll get back to you and find out what's going on. You know what I mean? It like, just it's seems not like a huge listen, deal. There's, there's different departments in a city. Yeah. You have the city council and the commission, whatever. You have the police department. It, I know that they all talk, yeah. but I don't. I mean, I really, maybe I just don't know. Maybe because it's such a it small town of yeah. like 4,000 people that she felt like she should have known. I don't, who knows? Yeah. It just seems like police business. Yeah. So that backstory is important because it's what, it, what it, this is what leads yes. uh, Wagner and Gonzalez. It leads to all their trouble down the road, okay. basically. So Leslie Wag- Wenger, I don't know why I can't say her name. <laughs> From what I could find out, she served on the city council prior to the major incident, and she was out of office for a while. And then in 2018, so this is two years after that city manager field was fired, she won her seat again. And her story is that she was tired of what was happening in her local government, decided to run, and... Um, uh, Sylvia Gonzalez rather like that was her story like I, she that 2018 was her first run so Wagner had served before and got reelected a few years later mm. after being out of office for a bit and then Gonzalez was like oh I, I want to make a change in my community kind of thing these women were both like in their 70s I've <laughs> All right okay yes. and I'm not trying to be ageist no here, but all right. but it's like listen <laughs> Find better things to do with your time. Also, making changes in a community from a seven-year-old's perspective is a lot different mm-hmm. 
than someone who's younger, who has a family and more, usually they're more progressive when yeah. they're younger. Um, and I get that they want to stand by their girl by, by feel, you know, like, cause this really, again, is the issue that they, they have a, a problem with, really? but at the same time, um, you know, they end up getting in, in, in trouble for this. And it's like, you're 70. Like, is this what you want to be dealing with in your seventies? Yeah. I don't know. Go play bocce. Yeah. Have please. Oh my God. Let <laughs> me, Tina's with I'm people. ready. Go I'm ready. Go have a cup of coffee. Have some bocce. Play bocce. <laughs> oh my God. So the major incident, allegedly, according to Casey, according to KSAT's Adrian Garcia and Patty Santos, from the time of Wengner's election in 2018 until their arrest, in July of 2019, <laughs> Wagner and Gonzalez plotted to have the city manager, the new one, Ryan uh, Rappoli, removed from office and have their friend and former city manager, Diane Feel, reinstated. Oh, God. So this is what they're doing with their time. They got arrested, <laughs> though? When you said arrested, I was like, what? Yeah, they got arrested. So according to Garcia and Santos' <laughs> article, on these, these women wanted to review the new city manager's file. And again, this is that guy, Ryan. And I guess as city officials, they could make that re request. And the guy conceded. He's like, you want to see my file? Fine, right? So he hands it over to uh, the mayor at the time, J.R. Trevino, and a sergeant, Paul Turner. And he's like, I want these guys to come. I'm going to hand you my stuff, but I want the mayor and I want the uh, uh, police sergeant with me, right? So they go to give this stuff. Yeah, witnesses, because these ladies are wacky. Right. And where things get weird is that allegedly <laughs> Wagner starts taking notes from uh, the new city manager's personal, the personnel file. And you can't do that. Like personal info, like social security number. What? Date of birth. <laughs> Why? The caseworker to his daughter's child support case. Like, what? Yeah, like she's like, do, 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 do. And what happened was, is that Gonzalez, right? She's the distractor. So she's like, oh, hey guys, la, la, la. And they're focusing on her. Did she pulled them titties out? And she, yeah. <laughs> She's Hi. like, come over here. Yeah, look at like, my titties. Look, look, wrinkled yeah. titties. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I forgot she's 70. <laughs> she's 70. <laughs> so, oh, whoops. So she's, um, and the other one's like, do, 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 do. Oh, my gosh. But um, they, they see her do it. Like, what, they're like, what are you doing, right? And so after investigating, it seems this is how they were going to try to get rid of that guy, right? Um, one of Wegner's fellow aldermen, Clyde Skip McCormick, said that Wegner told him that, quote, her first order of business was to get rid of Ryan Rappelé and put her friend Diane Field back in the job of city manager. Dang. And uh, Ryan, uh, the the current city manager at the time, um, he noted as reported in Garcia and Santos's article that he felt that she had it in for him since mm. her election and kind of made it directly known to him that that was her intent. A detective in the case noted, Wegner launched a campaign of harassment and attacks uh, upon Rappelé in an effort to either get him to resign or to create enough controversy to fire him outright. Mm. And that's according to the affidavit. So the other thing that was going on, according to another article by KSAT 12's Adrian Garcia, was that Gonzalez was getting folks to sign a petition to oust uh, the city manager, Ryan. But is there any reason besides the fact that they want their friend? Like, has, did he no, do something? No, do you know no, what I mean? They have like, no evidence this is of this guy. It's the stupidest thing I've so ever fucking dumb. heard. It's so dumb. So the mayor allegedly received about 26 petitions calling on uh, Rapali to be removed from his position. But there may have been some uh, faulty info going out about Rapali from Gonzalez. Garcia's article notes that one of the signers complained 
and stated that Gonzalez went to her home and gave false information <clears throat> about Rapoli that damaged his reputation and may have led to folks signing the petition. So also, um, that, so that's the, the, like, uh, the allegation is you're falsifying information like, you can't do that. Like, you can't have people sign a petition right. based off a of lie. Well, but she has nothing else to say. She didn't right. say, like, he's stealing money from the city. He got arrested for X, Y, Z. He didn't. Do, well, so she's got to make shit up because there's nothing else to say. Well, and the other thing she was doing was like, oh, do you want to sign this petition for street repairs? What? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so 26 separate petitions, like, filled with signatures. Wow. Wow, bro. So um, after those allegations come out, though, very conveniently, those petitions disappeared. <laughs> but Garcia reported that there was a camera that caught Gonzalez putting them, them in a folder and like, <laughs> what petitions? Yeah, major shredder, so like shredding, like Nixon shredding all those documents. Oh, in the my of the night. God. <laughs> she's oh in this little God. town in Texas, like, like shredding, like she's Nixon. It's so dumb. I come, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm, done. <laughs> I'm good. So the charges, Wagner was charged with tampering with evidence and Oof. fraudulent use or possession of identifying information. And mm. Gonzalez was, um, the social security number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the tampering yeah. with the government record. And that's like hiding those petitions. Oh my God. So basically <laughs> nothing really comes of it. Like in August, 2019, the tampering charge was dropped for, uh, for Sylvia Gonzalez. Later that month, Wagner's charges were dropped. In that same month, August 2019, a petition was put forward to have both women removed from their seat. Essentially, <laughs> since, they were, yeah, since they were charged with the crime, uh, petitioners felt that they demonstrated misconduct and could therefore be removed. Oh my and gosh. so the tensions were very high, obviously, on the dais. And there were some council members <laughs> that wanted them out and oh other my ones that God. had worked with them before. So, Yeah, but look at what they did. Look at what they and did. And it's like, you know, meanwhile, this is a small little town, but yeah. like, here's another example of there's no work getting done because they're so focused yeah. on what happened to their friend two years ago. Like it's been two years. Like and who cares? Move on. Mm -hmm. So some points of interest, um, Gonzalez had to give up her seat in 2019 because she did not get sworn in properly. And so this is where they kind of mess with her. They're like, oh, in order to see, uh, be seated, like you have to be sworn in. And you know how like you can have someone like do the oath for you? Yeah. But it has to be like a certain person. Um, it has to be someone with authority to do so. It can't be like Joe Schmo. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, oh, the person you had swear you in wasn't on the approved list. So actually you're not a sitting council person. And she's <gasps> like, give me a break, right? <laughs> so um, Patty, but then it ends up, she ends up back on. But Patty Santos and Jennifer uh, Gallivan reported that she felt like this was being, she was being deliberately targeted. Mm. And her statement on the issue noted that, uh, quote, this whole experience has been disappointing and upsetting. I spent months walking all over the city speaking with residents in Castle Hills. I met an apparent new record by speaking to residents in over 500 homes concerning about their concerns. I do not feel it is a coincidence that as the first Hispanic woman to be elected to Castle Hills City Council, I have become this type of target. But I do not believe based on the people who live here and voted for me that these actions are a true reflection of the city as a whole. She ends up getting reinstated I mean, after the arrest and after things, what, you know, all of that happens. You know, what does being Hispanic have to do with the fact that right. you were targeting this gentleman right. and, for and, no reason? You got right. out, all your shit got out of control and you were, you were, you know, <laughs> I know, you were up to shenanigans. It has nothing else to do with, with being Hispanic. Shut the fuck up well, and she, stop being an asshole. Well, she ends up suing the city. 
oh in, my God. in uh, 2020 because she claimed that her First Amendment rights were violated. Oh, fuck And off. again, I guess the issue was that she had the right as a citizen to get those petitions signed. You lied, though. To get though. a change in leadership. So but she, she lied about what was it right. So the suggestion is that they weren't coerced. So like allegedly... They were coerced. So we have, you know, these two sides of the story. You can't go to court without clean hands. If you go there and say that these petitions were right, and then they can call people who you fucking specifically and you talked the, to and, and said, petitions. yeah, and you said, oh, this is for street improvements. I mean, it's a goddamn yeah. lie. Right. And what are you doing messing with this guy? Like, just, just do your let job. It go. And let also it go. just do your job and go home. Go like, home. what are you getting you're involved be, You're getting in arrested. For? You have a mugshot at 70. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, like what? That has got to be the scariest fucking thing, like nightmare of my life. Oh my God. So from what I read, really nothing happened with the lawsuit. It ends up being dismissed. And then she tried to pursue things on the federal level. And that was also dismissed. Oh my God. But she's still fighting. And she believes that she was harassed and bullied and her, and she believes her rights were violated. And maybe, maybe that's she, the case. She right? was harassing and bullying right. people. So, you know, but, but. If the false petitions are true, like it doesn't look good for her. What you about know what Wegner? I mean? Wegner, like, does she? Um, was Wegner, she everything was sort of dropped, and then she kind of. Did she still on the council? I think she stayed on the council. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but she did. But but Gonzalez wrote an article for USA Today, and and she felt like it was like they didn't like what I had to say, and so like, you know, um, so again, it seems like there was a split. Yeah, but right. like nothing, none of this would have happened to you if you just showed up to the council meetings and did your job and walked out. You made it a point to fuck with this guy. Right. At, for allegedly. No, well, <laughs> allegedly, she wanted to see his personnel file taking fucking notes. I know. I mean, you're, or she was distracted with the titties. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, you were the one, you were the one involved. Yes, if you had involved. just let this guy go alone. And it's like, why do you care? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. Why? Like, I get you? it. It's your friend, but at the same time. No, no Tina, you're so, my friend, but I would be like, Tina, I can't help you. Yeah. Like, do your job. You were elected yeah. to do something. Yeah. Has nothing to do with that. The city manager is city manager. What are you going to yeah. do? So I, I mean, I say, go check out the articles, read them and decide for yourself. Whether, what do you think? I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you don't think the same thing. So when I, when I went through the whole thing, I was like, these two ladies are cuckoo. But then when I read her <laughs> USA Today article, which is, of course, bias from Written her point her. of view right I'm like well you know was there a thing in the city where it was really divided and they're both making these accusations of bullying and harassment mm. where is where does the truth lie and I would love to see the I would love to see the petitions yeah to see like okay like you know so I think that would be and I feel like if those cases were dismissed then she probably didn't have enough evidence to prove that she was in the right you know what I mean so yeah. I don't know, but that's the story of the alleged plotting politicos, uh, Wagner and Gonzalez. Oh, lovely. Isn't that funny? I fucking love it. Like these two like 70 year old ladies are like, we're taking over the town. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. My God. At 70 girl. God. I lack somewhere. Oh God, help me. Meanwhile, we'll probably still be working if the GOP yeah, I'll has be anything because they're going to raise the, yeah. the, the retirement age to like 75. Meanwhile, in France, they're trying to raise it to 64 from 62. And it's like and the thousands garb- of people uh, outraged. Like that would never happen in America. Yeah. No, because we're a slave to this system. We're a slave to, you know, Ugh. capitalism. I hate it. I just, oh, I don't know. <sighs> I just don't know if this is like, if this is like what we're here for, you know what I mean? Like, are we here to work? Are we here to no? 
You I'm know? ready for like the robots to take over everything and just, you know, let me live a peaceful life. Well, apparently, <laughs> I mean, this is, com- we are recording this on Saturday, but uh, it comes out, what, the 23rd, maybe? 22nd. 20, yeah. a- apparently, Trump's on his way to be arrested. Ooh, like, he's going, yes. they're going to, a- at least it- in New York, they're going to issue a warrant for his arrest. So Yeah, the indictment is coming. So he's got to go and turn himself in. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to take him. And yeah, his, his lawyer said that there's not going to be any standoff, that he will go willingly. But I... Yeah, you don't, he doesn't want a photo I of him with the cuffs to, on. I want a photo of him with the cuffs he'll, on. I think he'll turn himself in to get the fingerprinting and all that done. I don't... I, I don't, want them to swab him. Yeah, I, I want them to DNA do, swab him because then those women who accuse him of rape, if there's any... I don't know if any of them had a rape kid or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I would love that. I would love to have one of those women have a rape kit yeah. and have his DNA somewhere. I wanted to say something too about um, joy. And I have very few places I can find it besides my children nowadays. But I just rewatched the entire series of Drag Race, RuPaul's oh. Drag Race. And... I love, I text my friends, Nikki and Justin about it all the time. We just talk about drag race constantly, but I, there's not another show on the planet that brings me the joy and happiness that the show brings me. And I know that drag is like under attack everywhere. Drag in real life, like in person, you, we went, we had the dolphins brunch. You saw a bit of drag. Remember it's the greatest, most fun, um, experience and art form um I've ever been in the presence of yep it makes you feel joy and love on levels that I've never experienced at any show ever right and I've talked about it before like the first time I saw like drag performers I was I think 16 Mm. and I was blown you know it was like uh, the high point of Madonna and so like it was just the music and the it it was incredible. Like I, I loved it, but it, it also does this thing. It's political also. And I, not political because of the way that it's being politicized now, but it's political in the way that it pushes boundaries and it pushes your imagination or your idea of what is gender. And I think, I know that's confusing for some people. I I think that people don't really understand what that means, but to, 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 to perform in that way and to push those boundaries and, and to see it. Like, I remember one of the first times I was watching Drag Race and like, I used to watch it at night when my kids would go to bed because my ex-husband was very like, he's very straight laced and like, didn't want the kids like involved in anything. Fine. But if the kids would come out and I'm watching it and you're looking at the drag queen, she's presenting female. Right. And then she would speak and it's a male voice. My kids were always like, like what? Yeah. But I think it's important to understand that our perception, like they, they, it just changes your view of, of people, of humans, right. of like what is real and not real. What is like, I always say that when I saw the movie Rocky Horror Picture Show, I was 15 oh. years old. My friend Jeanette brought the videotape over to my house. My parents weren't there and my, we were watching it in the living room. My, I think my sister and brother were there and my friend Erica, it fucking blew my mind. And it changed my entire life. Like my perception of what art is and music, it's just fucking flipped on its head watching that movie. Like Tim Curry in that movie is one of the most magnificent performances ever on film. That movie shook me and changed the way that I view gay people, performers. It just fucking blew my mind. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And it was raunchy and it was dirty. And it was like, what the fuck is happening? Funny, funny, funny. 
It was like everything I needed to see I mean, to we like went, realize I mean, that there's another. We used to another, go to Rocky Horror Picture Yes, but shows. it's like you see this thing that you've never seen before. Yeah. Like even at my age, I, I, when I see something or I hear something, I'm like, I've never could have considered this. It just shifts your perspective, your perspective on life. And I think that that's what Drag Race does. And so my suggestion to anybody who doesn't understand drag is to watch Drag Race because it's it's about accepting who you are and, and become like ship change. It's a, it's also a appreciation of women. The, the, the adoration and the idol, the making the idols of the yeah. feminine figure, the, the, the pop stars, the idols, the feminist the heroes thing. that we have. That's it is, a, it is definitely a, an homage to these incredible women in our lives. That's what they, they, and, they worship them as much as we right. do. And the thing is like to, to suggest that somehow um, seeing someone in drag is going to harm children. It, 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 it boggles the mind. It boggles the mind. I don't get it. We, and, and no there are all, there are all sorts of different types of drag shows, you know, there are, right. are, are where it's imitative of, uh, like you're saying of, of female performers. Some might be a little more risque than others, mm-hmm. just like in any mm-hmm. type of thing. But we know that this isn't about sexualizing kids right right because these are the same you know parents that will go to uh, establishments like hooters or will watch football games with cheerleaders doing provocative moves that's okay right like so we know that it's not about exposing them to anything sexual or titillating we know that it's strictly about um, what they view as gender norms right um so and and, and it's so clear that uh, you lack empathy and lack understanding. Yeah. Because, I also, ooh, and, and then it's like, what about like, what about David Bowie? My God. So we can't listen to David Bowie. But I also you know think I mean? it's like, there's so many performers that, that have uh, gender fluidity over the years. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we've never had a problem with it before, but and, now but, we And do. it's also about not taking life so seriously and living inside of a box. Right. And it's about pushing the boundaries of who we are and appreciating the people who do that. Like it's about being funny in a way that exposes all of the vulnerabilities that we have about ourselves or what, you know, it's just, it's an incredible art form. I mean, I've looked at painter paintings and cried before because of how impactful they were, the impact I was, it was having on me. The same thing with drag race. It's funny, but it's also subversive and it just makes you fucking think about things that you've never considered it's beautiful. And the people who create this art form are beautiful, hu- fucking artists. They are artists. They are. I, I'm, and, in, I'm, and, always in, I'm always impressed with, and, this, with what happens on that show right. and, and when we go see and drag. You, and you make a, a very good point of um, saying that this is about seeing things in new and different yes. ways. And I recently, I saw a clip of, 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 one of these crazy moms for liberty people mm. who now that because now the attack is not just on you know queer theory or race, CRT but now they're saying that any social emotional learning yes this lady <laughs> yeah. said this lady said that social emotional learning is the trojan horse that allows queer and allows race theory stuff to enter our child's mind and the example she gave was what if there was the word empathy right did you see that clip yeah <laughs> What if, what if there's a word, moms yeah, two moms and, you know, now, uh, 
they're thinking about two moms. Like it's so insane to me that you would not want your child to have a broader understanding about the world around them. Just because you are aware of the world and have empathy for others who are not like you does not mean that you are going to prescribe to a certain lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, but, but some people think that somehow children are confused (laughs) and that they're going to see that and go, Oh my God, well now I have to do this and that. That's not how things work. No. And I think that we should have more trust and faith in our kids and in ourselves as and parents. in ourselves as parents to have conversations yeah. and talk about those things and not be afraid of them because when you're afraid of them and your children feel those might be feeling those uh, very same feelings or wanting to express themselves in those ways now you're harming your child because you're the person they have to trust the most and they're not going to come they take their cues from you they're not going to come to you I, I literally when my I, I always knew what I would say when my kids asked me about gay What's gay? I would say when a man loves a man or a woman loves a woman. Like that was my final answer. I didn't go, and it's really great. I didn't put my spin on it. I didn't either. I didn't say, here's what it is. It's just that simple. We don't have to get into right or wrong. You don't have to do that. No. And if your child gets to the age where they're wondering about their sexuality or they're confused about their sexuality and they come to you, that is your moment. That's the moment where you will be put on the spot about your kids and how you can accept them and love them. Right. And I, I've had these conversations and it's, it can be a little jarring, but you be on, if you, if they feel the love and acceptance from you, they will move through the world with the most confidence yes, and full of acceptance for other people, which God damn, what I mean. the fuck else are we here for? Are you here I mean, to, are you on earth to judge people? Well, they certainly I mean, are. it is from a book of fiction. What a way to live! How yeah. miserable that life must be. I know it's ew, and I have to say, I mean, like same <sighs> same as you. Like from when my kids were little, I have always told them that you can love whoever you want to love, and it will always be okay by me. Always from when they were, they need to have that since they were like four or five years old. I'm saying my son, and we talked about this the other day. My son had 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 friends. Uh, who had same-sex parents. And he asked at a very young age, I think it was four. And I said very plainly that there are all different types of families with some with same sex, like a dad and a dad, a mom and a mom, a mom and a dad, a single parent, a grandparent. You know, I went through all the things and how um, that, that not all homes look the same, but the love is the same. Right. And that was it. And he, okay. And that was it. That was it. He wasn't running around confused give me a break. Like talk. It's the same as people who are like, Oh, I can't use the, the, the word penis when, you know, it's gotta be, you know, you're, 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 you know, uh, 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 I don't know, like your little baloney or I don't know what people say, <laughs> you know, your wee wee, you know what I mean? Like the baloney pony. That's what I want. <laughs> Tina, I can't so. believe you have children. We should look into this. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, it, it was always, that's your penis. That's the, you know, like, like, I don't know. There's no because reason. Because people, have, they to... don't have any faith in themselves as parents. Yeah. And the best thing you could ever do for your kids is be honest. Yeah. I mean, be on- now listen, I'm not, but let me say this. I'm not saying that you have to be, share everything. No. You have to be like, and this is how their sex. No. No. Just be honest. Right. At an <laughs> age appropriate level. They know level. when you're fucking lying. At an age appropriate level. And that's up to you. Right. And no one is, 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 is talking about 
intercourse with heterosexual or homosexuals at a four, five, and six, and seven well, years old. We're gonna you know we what made I mean? sure that that's never gonna happen. Like, <laughs> like but you know Florida. what I mean? Like, like no, that's those, not happening in in their picture books. They, Give they me a made break. those laws through K through three. So they could come back this session and make, and make it, it for the rest through university. Yeah. They planted, they gave you the crumb. Now they're going to serve you the whole fucking meal because y'all took it. Y'all right. accepted. We got to protect the kids. Right. Of course we have to protect our kids, but not from this bullshit. Right. Like we have to protect our kids from guns, but we, you know, not anymore because an 18 year old who's in high school can now buy a fucking gun. Imagine this. How many lockdowns do we need to go through? How many times I got to get a, a message from oh. my, t- my daughter's school that we're in another fucking in lockdown. Another lockdown. Lockdown. Because of a knife and, or a gun, but, like, but, my God. But they're not stopping, right? It's K through 3, then it's 4 through 12. No, no, yeah. And and with HB 999 in the state of Florida, it's our post-secondary institutions where you could go to a public school if this bill passes in the state of Florida and you are restricted in what you can study. You're paying money to a public institution to get a degree. And you can't get a degree in race studies. You can't get a degree in ethnic studies. Gender studies. You can't get a degree in feminist theory. God forbid it's a degree in gender theory. Yeah. Or social justice. Yeah. They you just, can't do it in the you state. See, they, they just went. And you ban centers, right? You're going to, oh, we're banning fraternities and sororities, but specifically centers that would support black students, Latinx students, the AAPI students, and of course, LGBTQ students. In post-secondary when you're an adult you cannot have access to this in a public universe that we pay money for taxpayers that our children with the hope because we're so strapped with our homeowners insurance and our property tax that we got to depend on the public university system and bright futures to even hope that our kids can get a freaking education because we can't afford to send them out of state at 60 grand a year this is what it is god damn it this is what happens when we take two weeks off (laughs) I saw Tina look at her screen. She scrolled back up to the top. She's going to give you her information. This yeah, is what no, happened. I got and, too and much. I, I can't no, no, no. I love it. it. And, oh, listen, I, tell me more. I'm fucking here for it. I mean, I, lo- I want to hear everything you have to say. Yeah. Well, the anti-LGBTQ uh, kidnapping bill. Kidnapping. The kidnapping bill. I don't know what, that, what you're talking that about. That bill would allow one parent to kidnap a child who is trans from a parent who is supporting their transition, oh, even fuck. if they are out of state. They can remove that child from a supportive parent, despite what a court order says, despite what a custody agreement says. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what they're spending their time on. Oh my God, dude. And then the abortion stuff, like I, 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 we have South Carolina women can be executed, (laughs) executed for choices. We have a, a Trump appointed judge. Uh, Kaz Merrick or whatever the hell his name is, who's going to vote on a federal-wide abortion pill ban. That's what we have. Uh, a Trump-appointed forever seat position, forever. And you guys are going to, you know, across the state and across the, the United States are going to be like, well, maybe DeSantis isn't so bad. Like, all right, I'm done. I can't. Oh, 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 my favorite one. I'm sorry. The last abortion one, because, you know, we're going to, Texas is going to be North Korea, is the bill in Texas to stop internet service providers like AT&T, like that you pay money to. Privately. Privately. Customer. From allowing customers to access information on how to obtain an abortion. Like it would be blocked. You can't search for it. That's that's when, when their session, that's what they're doing in Texas. Can you imagine if that passes? You can't find access to anything. And- 
our Google and all these things. Like in that case where, where the ex-husband in Texas, the woman got an abortion and her friends helped, Google gave, gave them the, the information that they looked that up online. And now that guy can sue them for what, 10 grand each or something for uh, helping his ex-wife. And I wonder why they're divorced mm. and why she doesn't want to carry your baby. Mm. Like we, the, we are in such a dangerous place for women and children in this country. Well, I won't want to call out the whole country. <laughs> I'd like to say Florida and Texas, South Carolina. Right. Alabama, Tennessee. All that's on my Twitter feed is how Michigan's kicking oh, fucking ass God. and taking names. Michigan! If, I could, if, Gre- if Gretchen Whitmer needs someone to <gasps> go down get, on her. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait, can I'm we get her on Lil Muck? <gasps> I want to make out with Gretchen Whitmer I want so her on hard. Lil, ooh, I want her on Lil Muck. Every time I see her picture, I'm like, this bitch is killing it and I want to <laughs> kiss her. I think wow. she's so fucking hot and it is such a turn on to me how well she's doing there for people. It fucking brings me life. It brings me life how well she's doing. I fucking love it. So I don't want to say the whole country, but there right. are certain pockets. Look at, look California. at California. Um, California telling Walgreens to go, to go screw themselves. I think it's Minnesota. There's some, a couple of clips that are going side by side right now on Twitter. Minnesota just signed a bill. The governor, I don't know anything else about him. So please forgive me if he's anti-abortion. I don't know. But he just signed a bill where every child in, in Minnesota oh, lunch. can lunch and breakfast for free without, don't, without, no matter how much they make. They will yeah. always, the food... The, the, the insecurity for children is done in Minnesota, which is incredible. That's number one. And the other clip that goes next to it is Huckabee oh. in fucking, what's it? Arkansas. Arkansas. She just signed a bill that loosens late child labor laws. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where 14 year olds can work in a meat packing plant where they can, they can go in the coal mines. What, can we go back and, and why don't you guys go read about the industrial revolution? Why don't you go do that? And go look at what happened to kids. And let's be honest. Look at in how, those look kind at, of industries. Those at, are dangerous industries also, you're going to put a child in. And then people are like, well, they have a choice if they want to work there. No, they don't. They're children right, right. whose parents might be at a low income level that, and they don't have an opportunity. Like look at Henrietta Lacks. She had Give to leave in sixth break. grade to start working. Like, and when you live in a state where the opportunities are scarce and the family's not, Please. that's doesn't and have Arkansas any money. a shit state. And there's no way to get jobs and it's low, low income. Of course, you know, they're- They're this, desperate for workers there yeah. in Arkansas. So it's So a fam- they're going to exploit children. It would be a family issue. And, and it's a possibility that that's something that happens. Can you happens. believe she even got elected? Yes. Ugh, with that face, nothing, like Jabba after, the Hutt face. After Trump, nothing surprises me anymore. Ugh. I mean, that's being kind to Jabba the Hutt. Mm. <laughs> All right, well, it's been uh, great being away from you for a couple of weeks. Oh, it's been great? <laughs> <laughs> oh tina i just uh i mean you know let's end it here too is that the reason i want to circle back to broward county party is because it's an example of how no one's coming to save us and like these are the opportunities you grab to have a win yeah because the state party god bless nikki freed hopefully she's fucking gonna be able to pull this out and do something within the next few years uh to like get us in the right position but we have decades and decades to go and even if we were to flip the governor's seat here or the the senate we still have a long way to go and i don't know what it looks like at that i don't know what the education system looks like to undo what they've been doing 
it's going to take a long time. And my heart goes out to our Dem leaders in Tallahassee. Thank you for all you're doing. Oh my God. Thank you for standing up and arguing and fighting on the floor for us. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And I pray to God and any deity universe that, that anybody else prays to that you get more help as soon as possible, because I know you're fighting hard for us and I appreciate it. I know it's draining. Okay. All right. Well, I'll see you next week. Bye. Um, bye. <laughs> if you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please go to our website, www.themuckpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast and on our Twitter at Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support with exclusive content, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.